0: Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with friends and family about their favorite movies. And today we have a special guest and we have a special topic, which is, in fact, not a movie yet. So I will let Eleanor introduce our guest and what we will be talking about today.
1: All right, so today we will be talking Um, eliciting the thoughts, of which there are many, on a series from Britain um, known as Downton Abbey. And the reason that we're doing this is because there's so much excitement over the fact that a movie has been announced about the coming return of Downton Abbey. And to speak about it today, we have our father, who's been a previous podcast guest and star, Um, and so, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: No, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keeping in tradition, he wants to share absolutely nothing with the cloud that is the interweb. Um, but Bob Huntington is currently sitting down to breakfast while we do this, so we've roped him in, and, um, he's a lawyer in Chicago, um... He's a British TV enthusiast, is what I would say. Minus the great British Bake Off. He did not enjoy that I watched that last night. He's my current roommate. Why did he not like British Bake Off? He thinks it's silly.
2: I think every baking show is silly. <laughs> and every, every food show is silly.
0: I don't think Bob enjoys watching other people cook and or consume food. Sure. Is that a correct assessment?
2: (laughs) That is. (laughs) I have no idea why they have a station devoted to it, or maybe more than one station.
0: Life is tough. (laughs)
2: Life
0: is tough. Okay, well, we um, usually do speed friending. But, like, as we've known you our entire lives.
1: (laughs) But, Annie, Annie, you should still do your questions because you never know his thoughts on people.
0: It's true. So, Father, (laughs) our first one. (laughs) What's your favorite day of the week?
2: Uh, Favorite day of the week. Um. Probably Friday. (laughs) Why? Because I get off early.
0: (laughs) What a great reason to like Fridays. What is your morning drink of choice?
2: Orange juice. Why? (laughs) Because it's good for you. (laughs) How long have you been drinking orange juice
0: for breakfast? Since I was a baby, probably. (laughs) For forever, Bob has been drinking orange juice for breakfast. And then, if you could choose one song to listen to right now, what would it be?
2: Probably (laughs) (laughs) none.
0: Okay, at least you're honest. And then, finally, Dad, Maggie Smith or Maggie Gyllenhaal?
2: Who is Maggie Gyllenhaal?
0: (laughs) So, who are you choosing?
2: Maggie Smith because I know who she is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so p- the parents and I last night Eleanor while talking about Downton had to look up how old Maggie Smith is. And she's about to turn. Is. She's going to turn 84 in December.
1: Okay. Okay. So
0: she's pretty impressive. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So let's delve into the topic that is
2: that is
1: Downton Abbey. <laughs> so, Bob, tell us why Downton Abbey has historically appealed to you as a consumer of media. <laughs>
2: That's a, a ridiculous question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why? Because
2: <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs>
0: Why do you like Downton Abbey? How about that?
2: Well, I I, I don't know. I I guess it's better TV than U.S. TV. That's probably...
1: Ah, so you're an Anglophile.
2: Well, they do a better job than we do, clearly.
1: Okay, so let's break that down. Do you mean in terms of storylines? Do you mean in terms of production value? Do you think the actors are inherently better... Like,
2: generally, it's just a better run show, though all of them are. I mean, yes, the, you are. The, the, U, the U.S., the, they do it because they like it, and they don't care what the cost is. U.S., it's all how much money you make, and it's obvious, I mean, and and the difference. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, they do a good job, the so nameless. I mean,
0: So, Eleanor, we got into a heated debate last night about whether or not we knew, well, which death, number one, was more traumatic, Sybil Mm -hmm. or Matthew, and then secondly, whether or not you could see Matthew's death coming. I would undoubtedly say that Sybil's death was a more traumatic experience.
1: I would agree that Sybil's death was seemingly out of nowhere. But part of that was because until that moment in the diegesis of the show, we hadn't lost a major character. Like, the closest we came was uh, Lavinia, but we wanted Lavinia to die to, like, open up Matthew's route to Mary. Um, And so that, I think, um, has its own implications. Sybil was definitely more traumatic. Matthew's death, we both did and did not see coming. I think one of the issues with watching it when it came in the United States was it premiered months after it did in England. And though I did not read spoilers, it was very clear from, like, even, like, BBC com headline articles that, like, something bad had happened or, like, something that left viewers in Britain in a state of shock and panic had occurred and so then uh, you had the idea that something bad was going to happen to Matthew. I mean, Mary couldn't just be that
0: happy. Yeah. Dad, who's your favorite character?
2: Um, probably Maggie Smith. He cuts everybody down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you like a good bully. <laughs> An old lady bully. Who does she play in the show? Can you explain her character?
2: She plays the dower duchess, the mother of Lord Grantham.
0: (laughs) You make them sound so landed gentry, which they are. (laughs) So I guess that's fine. But, I mean, I would agree, Maggie Smith's character is fantastic in the sense that she's kind of that voice that consistently is like, this is all ridiculous, <laughs> you guys are crazy. Um, which I feel like, again, is something that the British put in their TV shows. They usually have a character who's kind of calling the others to sense, and like that's very British humor, whereas in America, they wouldn't do that because that would make their own show look silly. Like Maggie Smith is kind of... like her character is kind of making fun of the series itself. Hmm.
1: Um. I said no.
2: That's a little deep for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, if we're thinking about complex characters, overall the over the course of the series itself, Edith is where we have the most growth. Yeah. Um. And if we think about her. Um, in the, especially the first few episodes of season one, she's, like, the horrible younger sister, middle sister, who embodies, like, every negative aspect that we ascribe to middle children, who, uh, she's
0: seemingly unlovable, like, which is no so I'm sad, sorry. I know, like, her sisters don't like her, her parents aren't, like, the hugest fans. Yeah, and then at the end, she,
1: over the course of the series, she... As a character, it has the most opportunity to fall greatly. Like, she has sex outside of marriage and she becomes pregnant, and then her fiance mysteriously vanishes in Germany. But then she's like redeemed by finding love with a really like handsome, um, very privileged, titled man who loves her despite that, even though she must convince his mom. That, even though she has kind of a child out of wedlock that's a little no, no. acknowledged by the family, um, that that's gonna be okay. And she, she comes from such a low position and rises to its height. Do you think she overtakes Mary as the heroine of the story? No.
0: <laughs> Resounding no from Bob. Why, Dad?
2: Well, Mary is still be the center of the movie. Edith will be just a side actor actress in the movie. I mean You think so. I absolutely.
0: So we were also discussing this last night when like looking back at the series and then looking at going forward we were all a little bit upset that, like, Matthew left the series because he wanted to be a movie star, and we were like, his movie career has been, like, less than stellar since leaving the show. No, but
1: honestly, I would disagree with that because he has, he has picked such an interesting cadre of roles, and I think for an actor who shot to fame um, seemingly out of the blue, you know what I mean, like, went from unknown to like heartthrob and he's really shown a variety of roles and it's not a show that we watch I don't think but there is the show it's on FX it's kind of adjacent to the X-Men universe is all I know about it but he is the star and I think he plays someone who has multiple personalities Um, and so it's a really challenging role and he is routinely acknowledged as one of the best working actors so I think for him it was not aligning himself too closely with one role that would impact his future career but really showing um, a strength because we look at the immediate roles he entered when he left Downton and it's stuff like The Visitor I think it's called or is it The Visitor or The Guest but it's this horror film in which he plays um, a US soldier with PTSD and in it he's like jacked and gorgeous and it's incredible but he plays like has an American accent and it's showing a huge um huge shift, and then we have him in m- among my favorite roles of his, Night at the museum three, where he's just so earnest and funny, and we hadn't seen him as funny. we'd seen him as kind of the static British male lead who was like Matthew didn't make mistakes
0: like he was no he so was perfect. Respected. what did you think and about that, Matthew? That-
2: well, well, I, I don't. I mean, he, he was a mistake. He was gonna go. He was gonna leave Mary and stuff. He was gonna marry that, that other lady that died. Cause <laughs> all of a sudden got the uh, Spanish flu.
0: <laughs> How convenient!
2: <laughs> How convenient to wipe her out! <laughs> no,
0: no, no. But, but
1: like, it was still coming a place from a place of moral high ground, even in that decision, because it's, it's the,
0: true. Because he promised her. You know,
1: Hmm. Yeah, because Mary Mary did not say yes to him when there was, like, the concern that he wouldn't inherit money and wouldn't inherit the title. And she also didn't say yes to him um, before he went to war and, like, kind of during his injury. And Lavinia was, like, willing to stick with him even though he was going to be, like, lame and in a wheelchair and not able to have kids and all those (laughs) things. So... With the understanding that he, though his heart wasn't in it, he wanted to honor his commitments, um, and even Mary was aware and like loved him more for that reason. It was just very convenient that Lavinia ended up dying.
2: Uh, obviously Matthew can do no wrong in Eleanor's view. I know, I think that
0: you still have a crush on Matthew. <laughs> well, okay, so Dad, let's talk about something with Downton that i love to talk to you about, because...
2: I think there's a bigger issue.
0: Oh, okay, tell us.
2: Oh, what's the movie going to cover, before or after?
0: Yeah, that's what we were discussing. We were like, could they come back in flashbacks? Can Sybil and Matthew as characters...
2: Return? Oh, I mean, they, how can they cover the same period? That won't make any sense. So they either got... Nah. Huh?
0: Uh-huh. Well,
1: originally when they had floated the idea of the movie a few years ago, they had talked about actually moving it forward to the era right before World War II, which I think would be interesting if, if we age out the characters. And so kind of recentering some of the story along um the younger characters. So yeah, George.
0: George. And what is Edith's daughter's name? We could not remember. Dad like almost didn't <laughs> remember that she existed last night, which is like the classic story of bastard children. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. um okay,
1: so with the idea that it would be like George going off to war and like a little Sybil dealing with her, like, Irish-English
0: identity. Um, I know, audience. we were talking about this last oh, night. God,
2: yes, this was the same topic. Anne says this Sybil's daughter will look, know how to drive, and so she'll be a nurse like her mother. No, an <laughs> ambulance driver, Dad. <laughs> an ambulance right.
0: Just like Queen Elizabeth right. in a war-torn London. <laughs> what, what, what? Sure. During the Blitzkrieg.
2: The Blitz. She could listen to uh... the difference between the Blitzkrieg and the Blitz. You're right, we just
0: listen to that very long book. But like think about how beautiful it would be if she could like be in her like home and turn on the radio and listen to Winston Churchill's like commanding voice telling her to stay strong and carry on or whatever. Keep calm and carry on. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, I that, but that was the issue, and you know maybe Eleanor has answered it, that you know it'll be after the existing show rather than, than before. I mean that was, that was, you know, and this way you'll get all those a lot of new characters involved, but keep the other ones alive because they are, The war was pretty. The second war was pretty close to the first war, so most of them. We're still alive.
0: Yeah, saw both, which is why it was so traumatic. But okay, question. And maybe Eleanor, you can enlighten us. You, oh, film (laughs) master. Um, Have there been any other successful movies that have come from television shows? Because that, like, changing that format too, I was thinking about it. Our father loves to comment that at its heart, Downton Abbey is really a soap opera, right? And like so,
2: absolutely. So
0: the end of every show leaves you wanting more, so you come back for the next week, right? And there's all these different storylines and all this different drama, but in a self-contained movie where it's only
2: two and a half hours at the most. Let's hope. Oh my gosh! If
0: it's three hours, we will all die. But like, how do you, how do you make that happen?
1: Well, I think it's reconsidering the fact that we're dealing with a national cinema and we're dealing with a national television. And British television and movies, from kind of the dawn of Hollywood, have had to, for commercial purposes, in order to be viable, really identify as this place where we go for historical... Levels, we assume that they can do it in ways that we can't, and there's really no reason for that. But like to what Dad said earlier about, um, they do it better um, in his his words. It's just that like we, they have always done it because that is what we allow them to do, um, and it's just creating a niche market. And thinking of that, um, Britain, Britain itself, even um, for films. And television shows that are more internally focused and less um, exported to the United States. I would say a lot of their shows that don't make it to the United States are continue to be popular in Commonwealth countries like Australia and Canada. Um, But they have a history of turning television shows years later into movies. Like that's like pretty standard. Oh, really? And it's just yeah. And this is just the idea that. Um, it's going to be new for American audiences. The one that kind of somewhat made it to American cinemas was um, the television show Absolutely Fabulous, AbFab, when it released a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish you could see Dad's face, because he was just like... Well, <laughs> oh,
2: I'd never heard that one before.
1: <laughs> you I, you wouldn't. I mean, it's a comedy. It was. It's, like, centered on two women who are, like, older, and they're convinced they're very popular and posh, and they, like, drink a ton of
0: Chardonnay, and they're,
1: like, very silly. Um,
0: Yeah, that does not sound like a Bob
2: show. (laughs) Well, they had that one TV show, the British show, where the lady is always trying to put on the airs, and her sisters are bums, I forget, you know, Rose and...
0: Oh, oh, that, yeah, that comedy show about the... I forget. Oh, yeah, so gosh. Keeping permission? up with appearances?
2: Yeah. That's, that's probably...
0: Yeah. That's probably So... It. Oh, for sure. But this is a different show, and I don't think that
1: was ever made into a movie. But um, even thinking about their, their schedule of releases, and we see this a little bit in shows that develop American audiences, so we can think not only Down Abbey, but Call the Midwife, the Christmas special being a very big deal. Um, and that being almost like a mini movie, sometimes connected to the world of the show, but sometimes totally separate. It, um, yeah, and that's just like a different system in place. So
2: if they make this, if they make this into, I mean, they're saying they're making it into a movie. Will they have a sequel? <laughs> Keep it going.
0: <laughs> Keep making money off the damn name.
1: Uh, Again, I think it depends on um, the, the reception of it. It's also, like, the most of the cast who was in Downton Abbey, particularly if we think of, like, Lord Grantham and Mary Crowley, those actors ha- are really busy. Yeah. Um, and both, both, I think, have intentionally picked a ton of roles that have not... Um, that have not... Uh, immediately replicated the characters that they created. So we have Lord Lord Grantham, obviously like he's best in my mind in Paddington and Paddington <laughs> 2. But uh, Paddington?
2: oh well he was also in he was also in that movie regarding the uh, the army unit that uh, remember that Yeah, he was in all the monuments men. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. so
1: he, he was in a lot of movies like that and then we also have um i'm blanking on her name right now but mary crowley like she has been in she's made again similar to um matthew crowley has made really interesting choices she um she plays there's some type of limited series i want to say on showtime in which she, she plays, like, a drug addict, like, a really, a role that we don't associate with, like, her character on Down at All. She's been in Westerns. She's under, like, her fiancé died really traumatically of, like, a very aggressive form of cancer at, like, age 35. Like,
0: she's had a, she's had a couple years.
1: Uh, right. been.
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean,
2: I guess... I mean, obviously Downton Abbey made these people's careers. They're making a lot more money than they made before.
0: Oh, (laughs) for sure.
2: Before Downton Abbey. (laughs) Well,
0: okay, so Dad, I want to ask you for a second, what drew you into the world of Downton Abbey? Like, I know that you've been a fan of, like, British period pieces, but what is it about Downton Abbey that kept you coming back week after week? so much so that we couldn't call you during that hour because you and mom would not pick up the phone. <laughs> oh,
2: I, I don't know. It was an interesting story. I mean, it's historical and you learn you learn about you know, about England hit, English history that we don't really um, you know, have much of a I mean, you don't read in our history books and stuff, mm-hmm. and, it, and we don't have that class system. I mean, there's no way. I mean, I know people will say, "Oh, America has class and has tribes," but nothing like England. I, I don't care what what people say, and you know they can tell by their voice or tell by where they what school they went to, or mm-hmm. and it, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> And, um, uh, and so, I mean, that's, that's interesting, I think, uh, to learn something about those things.
0: Yeah. Okay, so before we kind of wrap up here, because there are so many storylines lines in Downton, I want us to talk about our favorite storylines. I know mine. My favorite storyline of, like, the whole Downton series was Sybil and Branson, Like, from the beginning of their relationship, through her death, post-death, where he still becomes part of the family. I, like, I love them. I love them so much. And I love that Sybil became, like, an independent woman because she loved him and she, yeah, just, like, really into their storyline.
1: Similarly, I would say that is the storyline that means the most to me, in part because Last night, not in anticipation of this taping, because I didn't know we were going to be talking about Downton, Um, I was sitting talking with friends, and we obviously turned it down, Abbey as one is, is wont to do on a Friday night, and I was talking about how I should be more embarrassed about the fact that, like, routinely, when I was, like, in my mid-20s, early 20s, I would watch, like, fanfic videos of Sybil and Branson to on YouTube, set to, like, romantic <laughs> m- m- music on repeat. <laughs> uh, just, like, in my bedroom. Just, like... And, so, yeah.
0: Apparently means a lot to me. Eldor, that's so funny. Okay, Dad.
2: <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I do I, I, I guess um, I guess the, you know, even though they tried to keep it low and stuff, is all the financial problems they were always having. I mean, because they have, you know, all this property but doesn't generate much cash. They have a responsibility. There are a whole crew of people in the house, a whole crew of people outside, and, you know, and, you know really it's Branson that brings it to their, to their attention, they better start thinking about the financial financial portion of it and to keep the whole operation running. Which is interesting because he he's a total outsider and yet he, he's the one that begins to drive and then Mary picks up on it and stuff. Yeah.
0: I thought you were gonna say the financials. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it deep in my bones. Okay, so We are super excited here in the Huntington Clan for the Downton Abbey movie. Before we sign off on this episode of Good Film Hunting, we have to ask ourselves what was our favorite pop culture thing of the week? So, Dad, that's like anything you read. I know you read lots of articles, lots of newspapers. But most
2: of them, <laughs> neither of you would agree with. I don't know about the audience, <laughs> I don't know about the audience, but neither of the two of you would agree. Oh, I guess what? Sorry, the birds are losing. That's the worst.
1: <laughs> but we needed
0: something positive, yeah. Oh,
2: we need a, well, that's sad.
0: <laughs> so, Bob's baseball affiliation is making him sad these days, because the Cubs are slowly building back up. Um, but
1: Bob, like you, don't even care about the Thai cave boy rescue that has.
2: Uh, yeah, like... that, that was a little overdone by the press, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, good feel. We
0: all needed a good story.
2: A good feel story. Try to push Trump off the headlines.
0: <laughs> we gotta do it everywhere we can. We gotta take his name out of.
2: I, I have to admit, you know, I can't believe how much money the Tide people, and I mean, and I'm grateful that they saved all 13 people. I have no, 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 nothing about that. But the, I, I mean, you know. I guess they were driving, I don't know, the Thailand to show that they're a modern country and have all these people and all this stuff to do do this, because I'm sure a lot of other countries in Southeast Asia couldn't uh, gain all the, you know, the resource, resources that they spent for these 13 people.
1: Hmm. Well, I think also... Thailand has a much stronger tourism infrastructure, so even on a practical level, and it was it was interesting being in New York earlier this week and uh, staying with friends who work in news media, and so obviously the story was important to them. But just chain Rai was able to accurately or adequately house like the world's media, and that's important to think about too. Um, just the fact that like they had the hotel space and they had the consistent internet enough to, like, make it viable.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, they good. Sh- I'm surprised they didn't have then come see Thailand at the top of every, <laughs> <laughs> every picture.
0: You're right. You're right. Okay, Eleanor, <laughs> what was your favorite pop culture thing of the week? <laughs> so, I read this really
1: hysterical article that I didn't expect to enjoy. It's called it's from the cut. It's called Jonah Hill on Coming to Terms with Being a Fashion Icon. And I love articles or books that highlight communities that are very strong but don't need to exist. And apparently there's like a subgroup of like men who are who avidly follow Jonah Hill's style and have like (laughs) Jonah Hill Appreciation Day. That's amazing. It, it, it's again to me just like really showing the value of
0: lived community and that was fascinating for me this week okay so my pop favorite pop culture thing of this week actually came today and it makes me super excited so to this morning is like the Wimbledon women's singles game and Megan, and Kate are there together as sister-in-laws and they are chatting and they look beautiful and they're watching Serena play and it's just a whole Mm -hmm. lot of a whole lot of love there in Wimbledon today so so that's my favorite but I also have lots of others can I do a second one
2: absolutely sure thanks
0: thanks so my second pop culture thing of the week was this article that was all about how middle children are essentially going away because families in America are only having two children. So, like the the idea of the middle child is like evaporating, and how we actually need middle children <laughs> because we are the negotiation negotiators and the peacemakers. Um, which is something I take very seriously in my own life as the middle child. So um, let's make some Good. middle
2: children.
1: I I also think that you're forgetting that the article does talk a lot about how like middle children require much more attention later in life, and they become like outrageous celebrities. And also, for example, that our current president is a middle child. Um, <laughs> And doesn't does not display the characteristics of either negotiation or peace building. With so, it's
0: but Eleanor, the- <laughs> Elnor, do you realize that his like I thought about this because it was it was. It was brought up to me, and I was like, what can my defense be here?
2: The art of of negotiation.
0: Gross. Yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that.
2: Um, But he... He he at least holds himself out to be a peacemaker and make agreements. It's true. He
0: names himself as a peacemaker and negotiator, which apparently in this world is all he needs, because he just determines it all. Um, But no, what my was, oh, his older brother died when he was pretty young. So he's yeah. not currently... Like, he was born a middle <laughs> child, but he's not a middle child. But
2: his older brother... <laughs> his older brother was a loser.
0: <laughs> okay. That, that's also a really problematic
1: term terms that you're using for that, and I think it was because you're saying, didn't his brother die of, like, alcoholism or drug overdose? Right. Um, But along with that, I think... I actually would disagree with you, Annie, because what the article also states is.
2: Yeah, obviously, right. He,
1: it's a very popular article. Oh, nice. Uh, Annie also sent said it, said it to Teddy and me, That's let's be real. Um, <laughs> and then, if we think about he as the fourth of fifth children, What it does is it ignores the fact that he has older sisters, which I think displays his consistent lack of respect for women more than anything else.
0: Oh, what
2: about your brother?
0: (laughs) Okay, I would argue that Teddy Teddy has benefited so so much. much from having sisters. He would have been a horrible human and like truthfully I'm actually a horrible human listeners this is something eleanor and i talk about frequently and we would love your feedback on eleanor and i consistently have said that boys who have older sisters like you can tell so we want to hear your thoughts like if you can tell when you meet some, like a guy if he has older sisters because how he respects and treats women
2: yeah, um, but you're now saying that Trump is the total opposite.
0: But did Trump grow up with those yeah. sisters?
2: Yes, there's a sister's a federal judge, one of them, and I don't know what the other one does. But,
1: but what I'm saying is, I, I think from a very early age, his total disregard for women's and women's contributions is very apparent.
0: I would agree. Okay, so we have to wrap this up before we get into a heated family discussion. Um, Especially as we talk about the family at Downton Abbey, the Crowleys, who end up living in peace together throughout all the drama. Um, So, Eleanor, sign us off. You're so much better at this. So,
1: listeners, please reach out and comment, answer our questions, negate our statements etc on the Facebook the Twitter the Instagram you can email us and uh, please rate and review us on iTunes Stitcher wherever podcasts may be found
0: and we're so so lucky thank you dad to being on again (laughs) he is a crowd favorite Not only his mind if no one else's. Exactly. Um, but... No, his <laughs> avid fans, Trips Tell Nikki, and Johnny Romano, will listen to this as soon as it goes live. <laughs> so <laughs> this is true, this is true.
1: Um, and on that note, thank you to Haley Beaupre, our
0: producer and the
1: composer of our theme music. Look at how far we've come.
0: Ash bless. <laughs> <laughs> Bye!